Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 811 with Matt Plapp. Every week of the month, the first week of the month, we have a marketing campaign that goes out to new customers. The second week of the month, we have a campaign that goes to frequent. The third week of the month, we have a campaign that goes to loss. The fourth week, everybody. The way somebody stays in new in our system is they told us they were new and they've not redeemed a promotion. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Streamline your clean faster than ever before with Ecolab Sink and Surface Cleaner Sanitizer. Ecolab's two-in-one sink and surface cleaner sanitizer is one product that can both clean and sanitize food contact surfaces in front of house, back of house, and the third sink. Like other EPA-registered food contact surface sanitizers, it helps protect against foodborne illness. To learn more, visit ecolab.com slash unstoppable or talk to your Ecolab representative. A lot of people are talking about Restaurant 365, and that's probably because they are the only cloud-based, all-in-one restaurant management software with restaurant-specific accounting, inventory, scheduling, and payroll plus HR. Restaurant 365 is perfect for the multi-location restaurant business. Their customers have seen 5% decrease in food and beverage costs because they have access to more actionable data. Restaurant 365 is the king of integrations with over 90 integrations with the POS, including hundreds of vendors and thousands of banks. So you have a truly connected system. No more man managing out of multiple systems. Lastly, Restaurant 365 empowers your management team with real-time P&L with access to check-level detail. No more waiting on your accounting teams for P&Ls weeks later. To learn more, head over to restaurant365.com slash unstoppable. And if you use that link, you will save 50% off your first month. Does your hospitality extend beyond the four walls of your business? Well, if it doesn't, it could with Ovation. So what is Ovation? Ovation is an omni-channel two-question survey that gets happy guests to leave positive reviews and unhappy guests to chat instantly with you or your team to resolve the issue in real time before they leave a bad review or they never come back. And with this channel of communication, you can easily see trends of what is driving positive and negative experiences. Not only does it improve your communication and your relationship with your guest, it also is a tool to drive revenue. You can drive revenue with third to first party ordering conversion. You can drive revenue with a rainy day text blast. You can also drive revenue when your guests automatically download your loyalty app. To learn more, head over to www.ovationup.com slash unstoppable. And when you use your link, you can get 2000 free text messages to help you start getting more feedback, reviews, and revenue. Again, that's ovationup.com slash unstoppable. What's going on, Unstoppables? We have a great show for you today, but a quick reminder that this show needs your support. There's a few ways you can support us. You can support our sponsors. You can use our affiliate links 
you can share this podcast and you can join Restaurant Unstoppable Network because that's where we're really pulling back the layers and bringing you guys into the conversation. And I would love to have you there. So today, speaking of network, we're talking to Matt Plapp. Uh, so we recorded today's interview live in the network uh, with Matt Plapp, who is somebody who's been on my radar now for a couple years. And I've been wanting to get him on the show. And honestly, I've made being the host of Restaurant Unstoppable so difficult because I've made these rules where I won't get people on the show unless they've been referred to me organically. I really try to stick to that. It doesn't happen all the time, but really it's something I'm trying to be better about. And that has been on my radar since I think like 2019. I met him at the TRA uh, marketplace trade show in Texas, Texas restaurant association. And, um, instantly, um, I saw him as somebody who had value, but he hadn't been recommended to me organically yet until a few months ago, he was recommended to me organically. And I was like, finally I can get Matt on the show. And, uh, it seems like he's just really bubbling up all over the place right now. And, nothing but great things being said about the services and knowledge that he's delivering his customers. So today we're getting into just a a glimpse of some of what he does for his customers. Specifically, we're talking about how to use your existing customer base as a place to get data, specifically emails, phone numbers, and really developing uh, another channel of communication with your guests. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, how to build this database and why this database is so important. Uh, And it's just scratching the surface of what Matt does for his clients. So if you're interested in the other things Matt does for his clients, make sure you stick around for the closing thoughts because I'm going to let you know um, a little bit more about what Matt does and, and when you can meet up with us and learn more. All right. So here it is. Enjoy today's episode. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Matt Plapp. My man, Matt, are you feeling unstoppable today? Always unstoppable, always. I'm excited for today's conversation. I've known you for almost two years now. It's crazy to think we met at the 2019 TRA Marketplace, or was it 2018? Has it been three years? (laughs) Yeah, it was July of 2019, I think. July of 2002 years. Crazy to think. Uh, so a little bit more about Matt. Matt Plapp is the, an avid marketer, CrossFitter, author, speaker, and consultant business coach. He's owned his own marketing firm since 2018. And since then, he has helped hundreds of companies market with a purpose. That purpose is ROI. Since 2016, they've changed their focus to restaurants. And today, they have helped restaurants all over the world with their ROI engine marketing platform. Uh, Matt's two books in the restaurant marketing field are Don't 86 Your Restaurant Sales and Sell More Slices. And you have a third book coming out next week, Restaurant Marketing That Works uh, Before, During, and After COVID. So we're just scratching the surface. I really want to learn more about you and uh, today's subject. And we're going to be diving deep into basically how you can build a database of customers uh, and, you know, user marketing to build that database, but let's, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? The hardest part of writing your own story is knowing that you're worth the ink. It's from a kid quill song. The hardest part of writing your own story is knowing that you're worth your own ink. Is that basically just having self 
like self value, self, self belief, self belief. That's the, a lot of us go through. And I've, I've seen a stat that was like the number of times you've been told you're told the word no, uh, since you were a kid and it gets hammered in your head and everything is thought like, it's not possible. It's not possible. I can't do it. I can't do it. And you know, majority of people aren't around the right people often enough, you know, you know, I don't, I don't hang out. Like I've got my friends. I know that are multimillionaires. I get to see them occasionally, but I'm not around them every day. Yeah. So when you're around a certain level of, you typically tend to, you tend to go to the, around the people you're around. I mean, if you go on a run, you know, quick part of this it ties into it. I just thought about, I'm in Chicago about seven years ago. I'm doing a urban athlon with a guy named John Parker, a buddy of mine. Somehow I signed us up for the championship heat. <laughs> no clue how. Because neither one of us were hardcore runners. We were like eight and a half, nine-minute mile guys for like seven, eight miles. This was an eight-mile uh, run. Our half marathon, actually. It was like 11 miles, I think. And we get running. And we're at 8 a.m. It leaves right by Soldier Field. We're running up the, 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 the Lake Michigan right there. I think that's what it is. And the lady next to us goes, great job, guys, 635. And I go, what's that mean? 635. We're running, right? She's like, 635 pace. I'm like, pace of what? I'm not a runner. I wasn't then. She's like, that's how the first mile we just, I'm like, I just ran a mile and 635. I look at John. We're like, oh crap. We better back this down. We got 11 more or whatever it was. And so we slowed back down. But the only reason we ran with that six, I had never run a 635. I run an eight minute mile. And I ran a 635 mile because I was with a pack of people that that was what they were going to run the whole damn race. Yeah. And that that it's the same thing. Yeah, you're so, the yeah, average of those you surround yourself by. This this literally, you are the average of those you are surrounding yourself with yeah. in that moment. Yeah. And so I think the one of the things I've got, I've got it on all my keychains. I've got it on a lot of our stuff. I have a I listen to the song all the time. Uh, but it's you know it says in there the end of the song. Hardest part about writing your story is knowing you're worth anything. You got to believe in you. If you can't look in the mirror every day and know that you can accomplish ABC at a very high level. Why should anybody else believe you? Yeah. The first, like when you're leading a team, uh, if you can't lead yourself, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will believe in you. Yep. I love it. Awesome stuff. Great way to get this thing started. And uh, your story is really great. And this is the first time you've come on the show. Uh, so I want to just kind of dive deep into who you are and how you got to where you are today. And then we'll really pull back the layers on what we'll be talking about again using marketing to build a database of customers. But where does your story start? Help us get to know you. So 1999, graduated college and got a job in radio advertising. And during that exact time, I uh, wasn't real happy with it. I guess it was uh, March of 99 and went out and hustled, knocked on doors, talked to small businesses, did really well the first 90 days. And, but didn't really feel like I was getting the respect. And it's funny that I look back now, I didn't earn any respect, but I had this chip on my shoulder. I did so well the first 90 days out of, out of the, this job. My dad's a professional sales trainer. He literally could probably sell you a sponsorship on your own podcast and you'd get done and go, oh, oh crap, I, I'm sponsoring my own podcast. <laughs> and he taught me how to sell. And so literally I had an unfair advantage. I knew how to shoot the jump shots going into it. So I, uh, I did great right away. And in the radio business, they typically, people leave. Rep quits. They've got 40 accounts. They divvy some of them out. They hire a new rep, give them some of the account list. And so I had been dominating, you know, May, June, July, and getting no accounts. People are quitting. People are leaving. And Matt's getting no love. And so I, I had a chip on my shoulder. 
And at that same time, I didn't know if I wanted to do it forever. So me and my dad and my brother decided to start a boat and RV dealership, a consignment dealership online only. We had not enough. My dad didn't want to put his own money into it. He didn't know if me and my brother were morons. And so he's like, I'll put, we'll get a loan from the bank in Kentucky for five grand, a little line of credit. And that's where I start the business with. And how are we going to do it? Well, I'm like, well, I've got this guy, the Glenn Warner that sells website stuff. He has a web company called SNS computers. I'm going to go see if he can teach me how to do a website. So, and I'm not a tech person. I used to make fun of my wife in college for going to this thing called the email lab. I literally called her Mr. Email. I'm like, why don't you just call people? What is this email crap? And so I went and I went to Glenn and said, Hey, we're going to do this business. I want to do a website. What do I do? He goes, you need Adobe page mill. Here's the software to put in your computer. Here's a book on it. And within three days I built our first website. And again, not a tech person. I still, I'm still not, but I built it outdoor consignments. Uh, we grew it. It went to a million bucks in sales within a year. Uh, we had a physical location for six months. And then long story short, I left radio after four years, very successful career of advertising sales, made a lot of money to go run our boat and RV dealership, which at that point had grown to about 20 employees and about 5 million in sales from 2002, 2003 until 2008, grew that to 15 million a year in annual sales. Learned a lot about digital marketing on a complete accident. Uh, there's actually a video. I won't tell the whole story. Yeah, I watched the video. I watched yeah, the video. Give I, us uh, the, I, the cliff notes. Yeah. The, so I, the cliff notes are, we had Glenn, the guy who, this is how I learned digital marketing. So Glenn had every month, thousand two thousand dollar bill our computers always had a virus and i'm like glenn i like you but are you planning these so that we pay you every month because if you are just let me play pay the damn bill and don't plan them anymore he's like no i would never do that matt i'm like okay i didn't think so but why are they cost he's like well let's do this every employee at that point we're up like 40 employees every employee is going to get a login when they go to their computer name and their password and it will track their usage of the internet because somebody keeps downloading viruses so we did that. He said, you got to disclose that you're watching everything. So we did. Everybody knew it. About a month later, we figured out where the virus was coming from. A whole nother story, not PG. Uh, but he, about a month after that, he comes back with this book. I wish I still had it. It was a huge binder. And it was like the encyclopedia. I'm like, what is that? Because that's the usage of every employee categorized by where they went. And my dad's like, we're firing everybody. They should be working. And I look at it. And I'm like, well, no. They're on fishing.com, bassboatcentral.com, Arctic Cat ATVs. For, it was before social media. It was forums. I mean, you remember back in the 04, 05, 06, there was no Facebook groups. It was chat rooms. Facebook wasn't all, created until like 2007, right? Yeah. Or was yeah. it like and so maybe not public was, in 2007? It was yeah. all chat rooms. Yeah. And so all of our employees were on chat rooms chatting about what we do for a living. They're, we hired this guy to sell fishing boats because he's a hardcore fisherman, and he's on a fishing forum. How do I take advantage of it? So I started reaching out to these platforms. I found about 20 of them and said, and ironically, all of them had the same deal. 500 bucks a year. You're the exclusive for your area for that brand. And you can't sell. You got to have a link to your website and your signature. And you got to have your correct name and your logo because they wanted it to be clear that, hey, this is Sean from Plaps Pro Outdoors. Here's their website. Here's their logo. And you can't sell. You got to inform. And so I went to all these places, got sponsorships with a bunch of them. And because to me, 500 bucks a year, I'm like, that's, that's nothing. We were spending 300 grand a year on radio and TV and boat shows. And so I went to all these websites, went to all my salespeople and said, Hey man, I got a problem, Sean. And Sean's like, what do you mean? I go, well, we got a sponsorship on this website called fishing.com. He's like, yeah, I'm on it 30 times. I'm on it every day. And I'm like, Oh, you are. He didn't know what I knew. I'm like, well, I need a favor. You can't be fat Sean 74 anymore. You got to be Sean. You're your last name. We You got to have our company name. You got to have the website. You've got to, and you can't sell. 
And whenever somebody asks a question about Yamaha motors, you got to get on there and ask and answer an honest question and answer about how the Yamaha motor should perform, the boat drag, the prop, the performance, all of that stuff. And when you do that, uh, it'll, you know, it'll bring the right attention to us. Well, flash forward six months later and 20 employees doing this all day, every day, we had become the number one authority on complete accident on Google on well, I didn't know Google was then, but on the internet for anything to do with outdoors. Uh, And so like Yamaha, I went to a conference and Ben Jarrett from Yamaha Marine Group, that was the number one marketing guy there at the time for the US comes up. He's like, Matt, I got to show you this thing called Google. And he types in Yamaha four stroke motors and platform outdoors comes number one, Yamaha's number two. (laughs) And I was like, I didn't do it. And he's like, well, I think you did, but show me how to do it. You're not in trouble. And so at that point, I figured out what SEO was. Uh, I got back into enjoying marketing more, started a marketing consulting firm. We got 2008 kicked our butt. We got out of the boat business. You know exactly what happened to restaurants in 2020. 2008 was the same thing when you were in the luxury boat RV, except there was no money. There was no PPP. There was no idle loans. Uh, Everybody went out of business except for the car manufacturers because the the government propped them up. And so I started my consulting firm, got up to where 2015 we had – 31, 34 clients from 31 industries. We had nine restaurants. And later that uh, year, 2015, 16, I realized we had a niche that we should probably focus on one thing that we just couldn't, you know, I did something for a car dealer and it didn't transfer to a restaurant, but I did something for Hofbrauhaus House Newport and I could pick up the exact same thing and do it for Quaker Steak and Lube Colerain and then do it for Spoon and Cellar and do it for this place. And so we decided to alter the company from just two of us and over the last six years, we've changed from a, a marketing firm, local clients, to a national restaurant company. Uh, the name's America's Best Restaurants. We have our first Sprinter van that's wrapped right now, getting wrapped today, that starts traveling. Uh, we're in Charlotte, Atlanta, Concord, Greensboro, Tampa next week. And then after that, the goal is a new van every few months where there's six next year and there's 50 in three years. And uh, we help restaurants find well, our tagline is we help restaurants find frequent customers. Cause I think that's the, that's what makes or breaks restaurants. It doesn't, you know, Matt Plapp goes to the Eagle in downtown Cincinnati once every six months. That's not where they're going to survive. They're going to survive. You know, if Matt Plapp comes every week or every two weeks. And so our, our mission is to help restaurants find frequent customers. Dude, I love, I think there's so many, like listening to your story, there's reminded me so many uh, examples of what we're doing here at Restaurant Unstoppable and what I want to be doing at Restaurant Unstoppable that you've either done or you're doing now. And I think there's just a lot of overlap and that just gets me really excited. Uh, specifically, just the uh, this idea of forums of inviting people who are there to add value. And that's kind of exactly what we're doing in the network. But the people that we're inviting aren't people who are coming to us and saying, Hey, I want to be a part of this. Like you have to be invited because you refer to me organically, you know? So like, I love that idea of just adding value to a, to a group of people. It just, that kind of struck a vein. And then obviously you've got this RV thing going on, uh, these, yep. sprint, these sprinter vans. And I've been wanting to do that for years. So I'm, I'm a little jealous. I'm not going to lie, but uh, I'm super excited for you, man. Uh, and I think we have a pretty good idea of of who you are one of the things i'm curious about is why restaurants what was it going on what was going on in your life that you mean you had all these different verticals you could go towards what was it about the restaurant industry that really drew you in so for me what got me in the restaurants number one i grew up around restaurants my dad had an insurance company uh and growing up the joke in our family was i didn't think my mom could cook because we ate out every meal 
because my dad had a large insurance company and he most of his clients, he had restaurants, car dealers. And so he ate out at restaurants every lunch, every dinner. It was networking. You know, the joke was when we would show up at a restaurant, you know, we would get seated, walk to our table and my dad would be nowhere to be seen for 20 minutes because he would walk by a table and talk to somebody. And that's why he was there. So I grew up eating at a lot of restaurants. Uh, what I've always enjoyed about restaurants, the original tagline for America's Best Restaurants, the consumer media side of our company was helping you find places that make you smile. Because to me, when I go to a restaurant, when I go to Penn Station down here, when I'm having a bad day and I get a Mountain Dew and a big cheesesteak, it's to make me smile because, man, it makes my day better. I enjoy it. When I'm celebrating my son getting his driver's license and we go there, it makes me smile. I think restaurants bring that to it. Uh, that's one thing I love dining in restaurants. And so the other aspect of it was when I looked at all the businesses we dealt with, those 31 industries we dealt with at our agency, had car dealer, chiropractor, uh, different uh, weight loss, physical rehab, commercial construction, air conditioning, plumbing, you name it. Uh, we had all that. Nobody liked any of the stuff. Like nobody actually really want, like I've got one of my clients is here right now putting air conditioners in $37,000 to put new air conditioners in our building we bought. I really didn't want to spend $37,000, but I really do want to spend 30 bucks today. Now I'm going to go to Penn Station. I freaking, now I'm hungry. But, <laughs> you know, that was to me was that people, most of the clients we dealt with, people really didn't want to make that purchase. It had to happen. Whereas the restaurant part, you choose to go there. And what I also liked about it was the standpoint, the, the part of it that it's repeatable, that like the car dealership, we did awesome work. This Our client had 46 locations. We crushed it for them on digital marketing. The problem was people buy a car every three or four years. Yeah. My biggest value proposition that we are really good at is getting people's information. How do I convince Eric to give me his gender, his visit frequency, his phone number, his email, his birthday? If I can get that information, I can create a relationship and have conversations more often and get more business. But a car dealer, it's every four years. And I found out really quickly, and we were huge, one of the biggest social media people on car dealers with, with Jeff Weiler. We were doing some stuff nobody was doing a long time ago. But the consumers, I mean, they didn't really care. They don't want to follow a car dealer. But a consumer does want to follow Hofbrauhaus Newport. That's their beer. That's where they get a liter of liter of Dunkel every Friday night. And that's where they go and do the chicken dance and have dinner with their family. They want to follow that. They want to be engaged. And so when I looked at our business and I have a coach called Billy Jean out in California, Billy Jean Shaw, I hired him in 2016. He's like, what do you enjoy? What makes, what makes you smile? But also, what do you see the opportunity? I said, I see opportunity in restaurants. And this is a knock on restaurants, but restaurants suck at knowing who does business with them. I just left a place called Crescent Paper Tube. It's a huge company here in Northern Kentucky. They make paper straws, but they also make the paper pillar straw you know, that hold up bridges. They're a huge company. They did created the Pringles can apparently years ago. It's a 102-year-old company. But I'm sitting there talking to him, and he asked the same question about restaurants. And I said, I want you to imagine this. Imagine if every time a company bought product from Crescent Paper Tube, that you did not ask for their name, phone number, or email. And you just, you hoped they came back. And to me, that's restaurants. Most restaurants, I think the stats we've seen internally and I've seen nationally, about 85% of people who walk through the doors, the biggest form of trust is somebody giving you their credit card, in my opinion, outside of maybe marriage. But the biggest form of trust consumers is they walked, they, they found your business, they made the effort to come in, and they gave you their money. You're, you, that's the person you want to know. 
and most restaurants don't. So when I looked at opportunity five years ago, I said, well, who's not good? Car dealers are great at it. You buy a car, you have to give them your information. You inquire about a car on their website, you're given their information because you want to know about that car. Restaurants, the complete opposite. It's like, hey, like Walt's Hitching Post is a restaurant I use. In, I, it's in my new book coming out. I use it all the time in examples. The owner actually called me one time. It was funny. I get a call out of nowhere. I had told this story in Coffee Emporium downtown. The person sitting behind me knew the owner of Walt's and called him and said, hey, get a hold of this Matt Plaff guy. He's just saying you guys don't ever invite him to the restaurant. They misunderstood the conversation. My conversation was I go to Walt's three or four times a year with my wife and kids. It costs 250 bucks every time we go. If they marketed to me more often via email, text, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, I might be there 10 times a year. And so like my book, I've got a little scale that's called 100 mats. And I said, imagine if Matt Plapp comes four times a year at 250, that's $1,000 in sales. I don't drive by their restaurant ever. It's not near my house. It's not near my work. It's kind of in between stuff. I never see their marketing because to be quite honest with you, they're not very good at marketing in my opinion. They, they don't have my email address. They have my cell phone number because when you call and make a reservation, you have to give them your number. They call you back the day of your reservation to confirm. They've never texted me. All they got to do, they have implied consent. All they got to do is say, hey, Matt, thanks for your visit today. How was it? Rate us one to five. And then a week later, send me a picture of like, bro, here's a steak. It's calling your name. I'd be back again. And so my book, I said, imagine if Matt Platt came back four more times. That's $1,000 in revenue. That is incremental profit. That is $700 in profit because the only cost you incurred by me coming again on your invitation was the food cost. The staff are there. The mortgage is there. The electric's there. The light's there. The, the paper straws are there. All that stuff is there. Why aren't you doing it? In my book, I have a little scale that says, what if there's 100 mats out there? And I got one little mat and I got 100. That's 100 grand in revenue for Walt Itching Post. That's $70,000 in profit. That's the owner's sal- the owner's bonus. That's the manager's bonus. But the simple reason, they do not have my information. And on a consistent basis, they do not invite me to the restaurant. Wait, so the only reason, say that one more time. So they, you said they have all of your information. The only reason why they don't use it is what? They have my, they have my cell phone. I have no clue. Yeah, it's just they haven't built the systems, the habits around constantly reaching out. So you got a couple reasons I find, Mark, why people don't use the data. Number one, they just don't know how. Yeah. Why don't I, you know, why didn't I wrap my my van that's going out? I don't know how to wrap it. Yeah. I mean, could I figure it out possibly? Would it look like crap? Yeah. Why don't I change the oil in my car? I don't know how to change oil in my car. Now, granted, I have a unique car and it's probably be crazy. I'd blow it up, but I don't know how to change oil in the car. So I hire somebody to change oil in my car. Could I probably go on YouTube and figure it out? Yeah. So you look at restaurants. Why don't they tell? Why isn't Walt texting me? Number one, they're too busy working in their business versus on it. Number two, they don't have somebody in the restaurant in charge of doing it. Number three, they probably don't really know how to do it. And number four, they might have this, oh, I'm, I'm a higher end restaurant. I don't need to invite people. Well, I, that's bull crap to me. I think every business does. Yeah. So, Every business needs to ask for business. That's I call them RGAs, I revenue generating activities. <laughs> what are the activities you do every day, whether you're a paper salesman selling straws, you're a restaurant, whether you're a server, what do you do every day that asks people for money? 
Dude, I think you're setting this up perfectly for the, the conversation we're about to have. I think we have a good idea of who you are and how you got to where you are. Let's take our first break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back to start to unpackage this. Who wants to be more efficient and cleaner? Everyone. So streamline your clean faster than ever before with Ecolab Sink and Surface Cleaner Sanitizer. Ecolab's two-in-one sink and surface cleaner sanitizer is one product that can both clean and sanitize food contact surfaces in front of house, back of house, and the third sink. Like other EPA-registered food contact surface sanitizers, it helps protect against foodborne illness and also kills SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19 in 15 seconds, and norovirus, the flu, and common cold viruses in 30 seconds, helping you reduce risk, simplify your procedures, and help protect your team, your guest, and your reputation with Ecolab Sink and Surface Cleaner Sanitizer. Visit ecolab.com slash unstoppable or talk to your Ecolab representative. All right, we are back and we're going to get into the focus of today's conversation, which is using your brand to develop a database or using your marketing, I should say, to develop a database of customers. Uh, specifically, we're going to be covering how to leverage the attention your brand is getting to build a database of customers. Uh, once the database is created, how do you automate that database? Uh, then lastly, how do you monetize and make sure you are on the right path with the data you're capturing? So let's start at the top. How are you, um, how, how to leverage the, the attention your brand is getting to build the database? Get into it. So uh, I'm married now 22 years with my wife, 26. The way that started was I asked her on a date. When I asked her on a date, I got one piece of information, two pieces. I already knew her name, but I got her phone number. That was how I got the next date. And then that's how somehow I guess my great charms and amazing looks got the rest of them. But it's the same in the, in, in the marketing world. You need to look at everything you do from a restaurant standpoint, advertising, should have one goal and it's not the goal you think. Most restaurants and actually most businesses in general, whenever they advertise, they ask for business. Think about it. If every time you went to, a, I went to my wife, or if let's say I didn't know where I walk in a bar and every woman there, I walk up and I ask for a kiss. I'm going a little deep. Restaurants ask every, every, every Facebook post, every Instagram post, every email, every text, all have one thing in common. Here's how you can come give me money. And so I look at it from an opposite standpoint. All of your marketing on the front end should ask one question, but not necessarily ask it, but it should have one goal. How do I get your information? If somebody walks in your restaurant, they should have a very easy way to give you their information and not join our email newsletter. Does anybody want an email newsletter of a restaurant? I don't think they do. I've never wanted one. But if I scan something that says, want to win dinner for a year, want your next sandwich for free, whatever, scan it, get in there. QR codes, luckily, COVID, number one thing that come out of COVID, in my opinion, is the fact that consumers now know what the heck a QR code is. I've been trying to do it for like eight years. And people thought, what's this weird barcode thingy? Now they know QR codes. But all of your marketing on the front end, I call it spend to build. You should spend your money and your efforts to build a customer database. Your Facebook post, your Instagram post should be driving people to take a to take a action to give you their information. Your website should have very intrusive tactics to give you their information. Your cashier, before your cashier gets money, the most important thing isn't the fact they paid you. You want them to pay you again. Hey, Rory, 
that burrito you got, you get it pretty often, don't you? Yeah, I love it. You want your next one for free? Yeah. Do me a favor, scan this QR code, answer five questions. Your next visit, you get a free burrito. Snap, they do it. Now, if you do what I had one time, the lady goes, you don't want to join our newsletter program, do you? I'm like, no. So you've, everything you do has to not sell food, needs to get data. Yeah. Uh, a website. We had a web designer, one of our brands we work with. We have, there's 17 locations. We work with eight of them. Higher end restaurant, not high end, but higher end. And we gave them a tool for the website, a pop-up. Pretty simple what we do. It's a pop-up. It comes up. Want your next steak free? Uh, click this button. Answer five questions. The web designer calls us. I don't like this. I'm not doing it. I said, why? It's too intrusive. What the hell's the point of marketing? Like, the, the, we're, we're trying to get people's attention. And he's like, I'm not doing it. So I call the client. I go, hey, is the web designer like, he's, a, he's like your vendor, right? Like, yeah. I said, do you, do you trust my advice or his? He was like, trust yours. He's an IT guy. Good. Call him up and make sure he puts this code on there because he's fighting it. So they did it. And we looked at the stats. The restaurants who didn't do it, this was an experiment with with one lady's two stores. She had 740 people on average that came to the site after that for three months that gave their information. The other stores, nobody. And so my comment was that's 740 people now. And we know they're already, they know the brand. They're coming to the website. We have it set up that if they're in the restaurant, we ask them a question. Hey, are you at home or in the restaurant? I'm in the restaurant. We don't give them something while they're in the restaurant. We give it to them later. It's delayed. If they're at home, great. Here's something to get you off your sofa and come to the restaurant. But the reason being that traffic going to the website, we want to capture them. So my biggest thing is I would tell everybody, wherever you have attention, your goal shouldn't be to get people to come eat food. It should be them to give you their information. Once you get their information, then it's game on. Then it's a text. It's an email. It's a retargeting campaign on Google, YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram to indoctrinate them and get them to come to the restaurant. So that's that first part of the equation there. Yeah. Uh, and the, to end that, I'm in top at Taco Lulu in Chicago last week. Uh, a guy named Michael Standecki. We're up at his restaurant, and I'm interviewing him for my podcast. We had the, the band up there. We went up there to my dad to a Cubs game. Surprise, and that was pretty fun. But we interviewed Michael in his restaurant, and we're, he's got point of, he's got stuff everywhere asking for people to join this program. And he pulls out of his pocket this stack of business cards. The business cards are not the restaurant's information. It's how to get your next burrito for free, period. He's like, I don't need them to know my information business card. I need them to give me theirs. Then I can give them mine. So the, the like, big lesson, I'm sorry. The, so the big lesson here is you're looking to establish a relationship. And I feel like that's a different way to look at it that is less intrusive Right. But what you're looking to do is open a channel of communication. You want to continue the conversation for future opportunities. And that's the same thing where you're doing when you're getting a a date. You see this beautiful person. You want more of that beautiful person. How do you get more of that beautiful person? You open a channel of communication. So there's there's an opportunity in the future. And that's all you're doing is opening a channel of communication. You're building a relationship. Right. You need to communicate to have a relationship and you need a channel of communication. Uh, so the big takeaways as far as how to get this information uh, that I pulled from you, the two ways you like to get the information is on a pop-up on the website where you offer something where you're giving, you're giving, you're adding value in exchange for value, their yep. email. And the other thing that you have your clients do, it sounds like in person and yep. when they order something uh, and I think, is there like a, a ritual words that you're using every time somebody comes, Hey, is this your first time? 
Uh, like, are you looking like, what are you doing? Like, what's the dialogue look like when that person walks into your restaurant? Say you're doing this from day one, like, you know, and if you open your restaurant and you're doing this from day one, what's the dialogue? How's the conversation look to get that information? So there's five ways to get people's information. Number one, the website, and there's probably more, but this is the most important in my mind. The number one is the website. Number two is your current data. A lot of businesses have a way they're getting like online ordering. Online ordering has become a lot bigger the past 18 months than it was the prior 10 years. And people aren't using it. People are getting bits and pieces of data, use it uh, and get more of it. Number three is online listings, Yelp, TripAdvisor, Google My Business. Uh, Number four is in-store and number five is your social media. So you got your website, your data, your online listings, your in-store, your social media. All of those need to have, and I got told by a marketing director that this was a rude term. I shouldn't use it, but I said, all of them should have a bribe. Sir, we don't, we don't bribe our customers. I'm like, well, it's a term. I'm not being serious. How can you get somebody to give you what you want? Your main goal should be to get their information. How can you do it? The best verbiage, 100%, is something that's irresistible. A free burrito. If somebody bought a burrito and you, and let's say, for example, I come to your restaurant, Eric, and I, I buy a burrito and I don't use my phone because you have a VIP program, you know, right away when they don't use your phone, they're not in it. Hey, Matt, I noticed you order your, use your phone today on your order. Are you in our VIP program? No, I'm not. You want your next burrito for free? Yeah. Do me a favor. Scan this code. It's going to ask you five questions. You're going to get exclusive perks from our restaurant. People love the VIPs. They love perks. And what also it does, it frames it differently. I don't want Mike's restaurant couponing all the time. Couponing is not what you need to do. I don't go to restaurants to eat because I have a coupon. But if a restaurant says, hey, here's something for free, I don't expect something for free all the time. Panera Bread, back during the pandemic, I always went there, got coffee in the morning. Yep. Time out. I think that's the issue is something for free. It's not. You're not giving that burrito away. You're trading it. For the most valuable asset, contact information. You're you're bartering it. Yeah, I went. I went to Panera and I walked in and I didn't have that coffee club thing they have. I have it now. I didn't have it. And I walked in and uh, she. I walk up and she's like, hands me my cup before I give her money. She goes, "It's on the house today, Matt." I go, "How come? You're a great customer. We appreciate you coming during the pandemic. Thank you." Got my coffee. Left. I don't expect to get a free coffee the next visit. But if every time, like my auto mechanic, Ted, when I take my car there, he gives me 10% off all the time. I'm like, Ted, you don't have to. I'm coming to your place to get my car fixed. Stop giving me 10% off. You're killing your margins. But he's got it. People brainwashed. People, hey, I get 10% off every time, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The restaurant part of it, you need to have it to where you don't want restaurants to continually discount because people don't come to your restaurant for discount. They come to your restaurant because it makes them smile and they enjoy it. But if you can get their information by on the front end trading a free burrito, a free cookie, a free dessert, a free appetizer for their information, and then down the road, occasionally you throw them a bone. Hey, Matt, it's menu Mondays. We got a new menu item. Bring this in to try out one of our three menu items for free. Oh, sweet. I try something new. I come on a Monday. I never come on a Monday. So the, the biggest way is to take the easiest route. Some places I had a guy the other day who contacted us and became a client. And his original offer he wanted to offer was 50% off an entree with purchase of two drinks and an entree. I'm like, Jesus, dude, this sounds like a test. Like I got to buy an entree. I got to buy two drinks to get 50% off the other entree. I'm like, who? you're not, you're worried about the profit margin on the first visit. Don't. 
be worried about the profit margin on the next 100 visits. Yeah. And the way you can ensure the next 100 visits is by having Matt Plapp's name, phone number, birthday, and visit frequency. Because the one thing you asked also, Eric, which I think is key, and this is the most important part, if you're going to get people's information, the number one piece of information to get outside of obviously their phone number, right before that, have you been to the restaurant before? Why yes is that so no? important? They say yes. Yeah. How frequent do you come? Like we phrase it this way. We say, please answer the questions below to, to join the program. Answer which question fits you best. I've never been to the restaurant before. I come every week. I come every couple of weeks. I rarely come. I haven't been in a while. Because we want to know if you're new, frequent, or lost. If you're new, we want to indoctrinate you. Here's our menu. Here's directions. Here's hours. Here's what you need to know. If you're frequent, high five, brother. We appreciate you. You're what keeps the lights on. Thank you. We love you. If you're lost, it's a hug, man. Hey, a little hug, a little bear hug emoji. Like, hey, bro, we miss you. Please come back. What do we got to do to get you back? Yeah. And then at that point, you get their phone number, which is the best piece of data. Then you get their email address and you get their birthday and you'll have a declining part. Like we see 92% of people that start this process will give us their frequency and phone number. Yeah. 88 will give us frequency, phone number, and email. And 82 will give us frequency, phone number, email, and birthday. Yep. And, and, I, and I just did a whole workshop with Zach Oates from Ovation, uh, specifically talking about why SMS marketing is so valuable. So if you want to get caught up in just to kind of, we don't need to dive into that now, uh, but yes, SMS or phone number over email any day, in my opinion, uh, but also get the email uh, if you can, or right, get it all if you can. There's much uh, data. Well, I'll ask yeah. you this question, Eric. Uh, I'm married. How often do you think my wife emails me? Uh, zero, zero, I would assume. I'm not married, so I don't know how people... Yeah, my, my wife never emails me, but, when, but yeah. she texted me. She literally texted me this morning. She gets picky on some stuff. She texted me this morning a picture of our back porch of the chair that I didn't scoot back in. She's real picky on her little back porch. I, I go out you there and, and rearrange everything. <laughs> and she's like, she sent a text to me, my daughter, my son, and my daughter's boyfriend and said, Hey, which one of you jerks screwed up the back porch? And I'm like, it's me. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. She didn't email it to me. She texted it. Cause I'm going to get the alert. I'm going to see it. Yeah. The reason I bring that up is people text is more important than anything else. Because it's more intrusive. People see it. People use it more often. My wife doesn't email me. My daughter doesn't email me. My son doesn't. My dad texted me today. We do a fire with dad interview Thursdays at three o'clock. I interview my dad for 15 minutes, talk business. He texted me 20 minutes ago. Are we doing fire with dad today? He didn't email me. So email Texas. I did an interview with Zach Oates a couple weeks ago. Zach's awesome. Ovation's a great product. Yeah. Uh, and it's say, hey, I agree completely. Text is the piece of data you're going to get through to people easier, more often. But it's also a piece of data that you can't send something every week that's irrelevant to the consumer. Hey, check out our new menu. Hey, it's bike night. Hey, the NBA starts this Saturday. It's got to be a very well thought out reason because if you keep texting me, I'm going to opt out unless you send me value. Yeah. Awesome stuff. I think we can move to the second bullet right now, which is once you have this data uh, and you've created this this list, how do you automate the data? How do, so? Are you just how do you automate getting the data? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, two or, things: automate getting the data, but also like I'm, I don't know if you're asking a question of them or me, but I I look at it from automating question the data of getting it, but also automate the communication. Because what you don't want to have, like you remember the old fishbowl in the restaurant, drop your business card in here for a chance for a free lunch. And then you got the person in the back of the restaurant office, which I saw one here today where the guy was sitting on a milk crate with a laptop on his lap. You don't want him in there entering 
business card emails into a spreadsheet. Yeah. So you want to automate the capturing of it, which is easy. There's so many things you can do from you know getting it in Facebook Messenger. Uh, we're finishing developing our software right now, Database Dynamite, which is out there, but we use it exclusively. But there's different things out there like that. There's landing pages. Uh, Facebook Messenger is a great place. Automate getting it, but then automate the sequence. You know, I signed up for a restaurant in Phoenix here today's email. The CEO asked me for advice. We had a meeting. He said, and I do a deep dive. I don't look at much. I have a conversation and find out. I do like a diagnosis. You know, biggest problem in business is a lot of consultants go in with their decision, what they're selling you on the first meeting. How many times you go to a doctor, you walk in, doctor, go, hey, we need to look at your knee. I'm, I'm here for my shoulder. No, 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 we're going to go knee. That's what marketers in my business do. I told this guy, like, I, he's like, hey, have you looked at our stuff? I haven't looked at anything. Well, how come? I'm like, I don't know what you need. So we looked at everything. He told me his story, their loyalty program, their app, their website, their sales, their locations. I said, cool. Let's reconvene next week. Let me go look at some stuff. Yeah. And that's something look, like first seek to understand, then seek to be understood. It's like one of the biggest lessons. Just ask. People will tell you exactly what they need and exactly yep. what they want. And, and that that holds true in all aspects of life. When you meet people, just listen. Just yep. ask questions. Just listen. And it will give you so much information that you can use to yep. hold it, whether it's just holding a good conversation or whatever it is. Um, awesome stuff. So once... So what, what are the steps of actually, you said it's so easy, the, the things you can do yeah. to automate the process, but get it a so, little bit more granular. So the, on that restaurant's, uh, one of the things I found was I went to their website. I signed up for their email. They had the very bottom mistake, signed up for it. Guess what happened? Nothing. It, it went somewhere. So when people sign up for something, it needs that every, every software, whether it's Constant Contact, MailChimp, Drip, ManyChat, Everything has the ability to automate a bounce back. Hey, Matt, we got your subscription to our email list. We appreciate it. Uh, here's XYZ uh, campaigns, have campaigns built. Like there's a program called Drip. I don't know if you guys have heard it or not. It's a higher end email, it's a little more expensive, but you can go and drip and you can build out a campaign that says when somebody enters this funnel, send them this email on day one, this text message on day 10, this email on day 30. You know, have it built out, have automation built out so that you as a restaurant owner don't have to go in there all the time and do stuff because that's what's going to happen. The minute you don't automate it, it doesn't happen. You know, we have a process when somebody becomes a client of our company, it sends an email that says, send them their welcome box. It's automated because if every time somebody signed up, somebody had to remember to send the welcome box, it wouldn't happen. But they get an email and a text that says, send the welcome box, they print it off and send the welcome box. So on your restaurant, when you have people opting in for text or email, you know, in constant contact, in mini chat, in drip, create campaigns that if somebody tells you they're a new customer, hey, Matt, we appreciate you signing up. Have messaging about the new customer. If they tell you they're a frequent, have messaging. A frequent customer doesn't need directions and hours of operation. They know where you are. They know about you. A new customer needs to know who you are. So that's another element of those campaigns. The automation, Eric, is segment people. Don't put everybody in the same bucket, put them in different buckets so you can have different conversations. So my follow-up question is what are the different campaigns that every restaurant, every restaurant should have? And what are the best segments that every restaurant should have? So the segmentation, uh, new frequent lost is the most important hands down. If you, you want, cause that's a completely different conversation. I go to barley corns every week down here, you know, 
Ryan, one of my coworkers, might not ever go to Barley Corners. The marketing message we get on day one when we sign up for something is going to be, it's going to resonate differently. The second one, if you can get it, is male or female. How you talk to me versus how you talk to my wife is completely different. What gets my wife's attention color-wise, headline, subject line is different than what gets my attention. Uh, Outside of that, uh, you want to make sure from a frequency standpoint that you have something at least for 30 days because you don't want to have it for 12 months because you can't logistically think about what you want to automate for 12 months. But if you have something when somebody signs up that you get their information, they join your email program, they join your text program, whatever you have, that you have something set up that this is what they get week one, this is what they get week two, this is what they get week three, this is what they get week four. It allows you to kind of talk to them. If they're a new customer, week one is an offer to really get them in there and directions and hours. Week two is highlighting your appetizers. Week three is your menu items. Week four is something different. After that, it's different. The last thing you want to do uh, is, last thing you want to do from a marketing standpoint is talk to them about you only, which is going to be next. Because the only thing I want to talk about is there's a difference. I'm a fan of restaurants. 60% of your marketing should not be about you. 60% of your marketing should be off the customer. But early on that first month, uh, it should be about you and the restaurants you're trying to tell them. And I saw where Mike asked a question about Messenger. Uh, we still use Messenger. We use Messenger hundreds of thousands of times a when day. When you say Messenger, you're talking about Facebook. Data. Huh? Facebook Messenger. Facebook Messenger, yep. Facebook and Instagram. So we we automate all of our data capture through Messenger. We're in the process of in the next six months moving to our own platform because we've gotten so big and it makes sense to have our own where it's going to have a lot of similarities, uh, but it'll be our own platform, database dynamite that we'll use exclusively for our clients. But right now, everything we do goes through Messenger. So if somebody's in the restaurant, scans a QR code, it opens up Facebook Messenger and says, welcome, Matt, to get started, click below, join VIP. And they click it. How often do you come to the restaurant? It has those questions, email or cell phone, opt-in for texting, email, birthday. Here's so the cool thing is you're, as you're engaging with them on this automated process with Messenger, you're also automating the data collection process so you, you can segment them. So, yeah. the, they're, so when they're going through this process, you're collecting data and, and filing them to where they belong based off of what, who they are, which yeah. is super powerful. So those, those segments, again, new customer frequent lost. Yeah. I, I was curious. So if you have somebody who comes into your funnel, they're a new customer, right? How do you know that they become lost. Is it, is there a way that like, if if they don't come in after so many months, there's an alert. Is it tied to your POS? Like, how do you know to move one person from one sequence to the next sequence? It all depends on how you're using the data. So in our end, we have a redemption process that if somebody I was was meeting yesterday, with a guy named Patrick Harder, who has nine restaurants, we talked about this every week of the month, we have a campaign out. Let's forget about when people sign up. Let's say three months down the road. Every week of the month, the first week of the month, we have a marketing campaign that goes out to new customers. The second week of the month, we have a campaign that goes to frequent. The third week of the month, we have a campaign that goes to lost. The fourth week, everybody. The way somebody stays in new in our system is they told us they were new and they've not redeemed a promotion. We give them four irresistible offers on the front end. The typical restaurant, a free appetizer, a free dessert, a buy one, get one free lunch item, a buy one, get one free dinner item. Those are, it covers the basis. Somebody looks at those four offers. They have a path to walk in the restaurant. If after 90 days, you told me you were new and you've not used one of those four, you are a, you are a new customer still. And we have different reactivation. 
on the lost customer, if somebody tells us they're lost, but then comes in and uses those promotions, they use two of them, they move into the frequent world. They're still lost if they only use one because I gave them four irresistible offers. If you only use lose one, use one, more than likely you're, you're still not a frequent. If I get you to use two in a short period of time, I'm going to market to you as if I've got you coming back in. And the same with the new. If you use two of those, I move you there. And so that's how we segment that to know that conversation because that's important. I was talking to Patrick yesterday. We were asking, he's like, Matt, because he's somebody I can bounce extreme stuff off of. I said, let me ask you this, Patrick. He's got a handful of brands. One of them's a Dickie's barbecue restaurant. He's got two of them, three of them coming up. I said, so let's look at it this way. When people sign up, they get a, a free barbecue sandwich, right? And that's one of the four offers. Yeah. So let's just say we're 120 days down the road and they've not used any of those promotions. Brand new, not used them. I want to send them an email or text and go, hey, here's two free sandwiches. And then a month later, here's three free. Because at some point, I either want them off the list or walking in. And I said, worst case scenario, somebody walks in and gets their 10 free sandwiches. You got them to walk in. Yeah. Why weren't they walking in? I said that sometimes it just takes extraordinary ideas. If you haven't seen this book or not, Marketing Outrageously, it's a great book. It talks about sometimes you've got to do crazy stuff to get people to take an action. Yeah. Really, I think it's just the action is not come in so much as reestablish a relationship with me, right? Yeah. It's yeah. not because I think because you don't, you're not looking for one transaction. You're looking to. Yeah to trigger a series of transactions thereafter, right? Yep. Because you're looking to bring them in to get them into a certain funnel. Uh, yep. Have we gotten into how to monetize and make sure you're on the right path with the data you're capturing? I think and if there's yeah. a little bit of overlay, I apologize. A little. Yeah. yeah so uh, one thing in there with regards to monetizing, this is, that's the tricky part. Like my, my book that's coming out, there's a part of that that talks about that, like monetizing your database you have to have some type of software, whether it's a loyalty or an app, you got to have something. The main reason we like to, like on our end, there's, there's two reasons we love to have that part where people can redeem an offer on the front end. Number one, it tells me we're on the right path. There was a restaurant called Biker Gyms in Denver, Colorado, which you haven't been there before, Eric, you need to go. It's crazy gourmet hot dogs, uh, sausages, unbelievable. But Biker Gyms was a client of ours probably four years ago. He had been on, he's friend, he was friends with Anthony Bourdain. He had been on diners, drive-ins, and dives. So he had, he had all this publicity. Everybody knew Biker Gyms. Really cool place. But it's not a place you frequent. And if you don't live near his restaurant, which was down by the, the baseball stadium in Coors Field, you're not going there very often. So we ran some marketing for him. We had like 2,800 people that joined this program. And we had 2% on the front end come in, which is terrible in my world. I like 15, 20, 30%, 40, 50, whatever. It depends on the, the vertical of restaurant. But he had 2%. I said, dude, this is terrible. He said, why? I said, that means 98% of the people we've given a free hot dog to have not walked in. We're on the wrong path. We got to readjust. We have the wrong demographics. We have the wrong targeting. We have the wrong messaging, whatever. The other aspect of it is it allows you to optimize your online advertising. Big part of what we do, about 50% of what we teach our clients to do is in-store and 50% is online. Facebook algorithm, uh, their algorithm is, is built off of the right people and the right data. So if I get a thousand people to see a Facebook ad and of those 600 join a program and of those five walk in the restaurant and spend money, I don't have enough data to give Facebook to find the right people. But if all of a sudden I know that 300 of those 600 walked in and spent money and I give that back to Facebook and say, hey, Facebook, you were targeting a thousand people like this funnel behind me. You were targeting a thousand people. 
we got 800 to do something. We got 300 to walk in and spend money, re-optimize the top of that funnel from these 300 people's data. That's the, that's the, the, the best part of it. So when you're figuring out how to monetize what you're doing, that's where you've got to have something in there. Yeah. You've got to have a piece of software. You've got to have an app. You've got to have, uh, you've got to have a loyalty program. You've got to have something like we do. So but it's, it's a key element because it makes sure you're on the right path. It's kind of like what we were saying earlier. First seek to understand, then seek to be understood. So when you're first starting, the top of your funnel is, hey, how are you today? This is not literally what your top of your funnel is, but it's, hey, how are you today? Oh, I'm in a great mood or I'm in a bad mood because blah, blah, blah. You rejigger the, the funnel and be like, hey, if you're in a bad mood because of these reasons, you might want, are you interested in this solution? Right. And then that is geared and retargeted for that demographic. It's just get information. The more you get, but you, you, I guess the the big lesson that I'm hearing from you is you constantly have to tweak in readjust the message based off of what data you're collecting. If you keep putting bad gas in your car, your car is going to run like crap. Yeah. We've all had gas that's, that, or you all had a time we put gas in our car and we, we look, what the hell's yeah. happening? What's going on here? If you keep going back to that gas station and they keep having bad gas, your car's going to like crap. Well, the same thing. If you keep putting the wrong people in your, if for biker gyms, I would have kept putting those same people and getting 2%. I'm wasting money acquiring people's data. Whereas all of a sudden I can see, like I had a client the other day, I was looking at 38% of the people that, a place called Cup Bop, uh, it's a Korean barbecue joint down the West Coast. 38% of their, their stores, people are walking in the restaurant within a month. It's like, holy crap. I mean, that's optimized. So we know we've got the right people. Uh, but then after that, the part I want to get to next, Eric, I think we're talking about next is, is how to use the data, is how to use it correctly. Because if every week you send emails to, like imagine if every, every week I went home to my wife and I talked about how awesome Matt Platt was. Talked about my new my, my Kramer picture behind my desk, my new orange Jordans, how I, I, I did this. If I always talked about Matt Platt, my wife would eventually not be a wife anymore. Restaurants have that problem. If you look at a restaurant, if you were to watch a restaurant open up day one and do, let's say, email and text marketing, and you watch them, what I call puke on their customers for 52 weeks, their open rates and their click rates go down every week. Because you've slowly gotten rid of people because they do not care that you have buffalo wings 52 weeks a year. They know you have buffalo wings. That's why they come to your restaurant. But if you tweak that and you have like in our world, we, I tell our team, only about 30 to 40% of what we tell customers in email and text every week should be about the restaurant. One of our biggest things happening right now, this, this Sunday is Father's Day. We've got hundreds of campaigns directing consumers via email and text, Facebook and Instagram to go to a specific Facebook post and leave a memory of them and their father and, and how they, and, and, you know, something about their dad. We had a client of ours. I'm I'm actually visiting next Monday in Concord, North Carolina called sweet taters. Her mother's day promotion, same thing. He had like 250 people leave a comment on a Facebook post about their memory of their mom, a picture of their mom and two or three paragraphs about their mom. That was all from an email that was sent, an email and a text. It went email, then text that went out to about 800 women who told us they were frequent customers. The new customers aren't going to engage with you because they're brand new. The lost customers are lost for a reason. But if I get my frequent customers, I have a very unique reason to email my frequent email customer or frequent women, something about Mother's Day, they're, they're going to open it. It got like a 40% open rate on the email. Why? Because we didn't tell them about the freaking chicken and dumplings again. 
We told them about Mother's Day. Hey, mom is important to you. Mom's important to us. Go to Facebook, share a memory about your mother. We're going to give one lucky mom, one lucky winner, a $100 gift card uh, to use at your liking. And so we got people to engage in email, engage in text, engage in Facebook. It's a whole well-rounded circle. But the one thing we did differently was our nurture content that we sent out. We try to send out about 60% of that stuff every year is about the customer, not about the restaurant. Okay. Um, so what, what is the underlining message when it comes to how do you know you're on the right path with the data you're collecting? How do you know you're on the right path? So number one, if you have a mechanism to see the front end activation, if you can see that 40% or 20%, you know, if you're under five, 8%, let's say you're a normal fast casual restaurant, you know, casual dining, the, the, the closer you get to the bullseye, the harder, meaning if you're a fine dining ethnic restaurant in downtown Cincinnati, you have narrowed the, you've got a narrow target. If you're a fast casual burrito brand in the suburbs, you've got a, you've got a big target. You have a lot of people. But if you can think about, if you have a mechanism with your loyalty, with your app, with whatever, that you can get 15 to 20% of the people that you get their information on a consistent basis to take an action and walk in the restaurant, you're on the right path. So you're looking for a follow-up action after you've captured the data. That's exactly. the, the, and when within, you say within, mechanism, within thir- are you talking about just a, a, a piece of technology that's showing you the data? A piece of technology that's showing you that person walked in the restaurant. Got you. And what are those pieces? Of, is it your POS uh, that's referring back to your email marketing campaign that's saying this person came in? Like what, where are we going to, or is your email, like how do we know? Like what, where are we getting this data? Depends on what you use. That's the one thing I say that that that's the tough part, that if you don't have a piece of technology that you know how to use, it does it. Like we do it. That's what we do for a living is that we have that piece. If you have an app, your app should be able to tell you, like I was looking at Hothead Burritos as a client of ours. I was looking at their app they had yesterday. I can look and see when people opt into the app and how quickly they walk in the restaurant. And so, because we run a lot of digital ads for them and we run, we run a couple of things for them, but big thing we run is digital ads to their app. Yeah. And I can look and see that our Facebook ads got this many people to go to the app, this people to download it, and then this percentage of them came back, and this percentage of them came back again. Yeah. So you've got to, that technology, I wish there was an easy answer there. You have to have a piece of technology right. that tells it. It could be your point of sale, could be, I'm guessing, Toast and Square, and those guys have it. I always recommend people, and this sounds self-serving, but find somebody that knows how to do it and hire them to do it for you. Yeah. So um, I'm opening a restaurant tomorrow. I haven't done any research. I need to outfit my my business, my restaurant with all this technology. Hey, Matt, I don't have the time to research this. Just tell me what to buy right now. I'm the wrong person to tell you that part. I'd say, <laughs> number one, hire, I'd say hire us yeah. if you fit our mold. Okay. Uh, and then I would say, Hey, I would reach out to this. If you're opening a restaurant tomorrow and you're just now thinking about this, you're going to be closed in six months. But, uh, I would connect them with friends of mine. I have in the business and clients to find all the other technology. Cause I mean, there's a lot of point of sales that are great. I mean, I've, I've seen so many advancements in the point of sales. Uh, the problem with most of the technology out there, Eric, is that the companies don't use it for you. And that's when they were, we're a little different in that we're not a technology company. Technically we kind of are, we're a usage company. You know, I always use the example of an orange Lamborghini. Imagine if I gave you, because it's got to be orange. Imagine if I gave Eric an orange Lamborghini, assuming you love exotic cars. Let's say you do. If it's got no gas or tires, it's not going anywhere. If I give you the greatest app from Punch, if I give you Toast, and they've got a loyalty component and an email component, I don't think they have text. I think it's got loyalty and email in there. I give it to you. You have to use it. 
You have to log in, look at the data, make an assumption based on the data, and then create a campaign to go to that audience. So that the biggest thing is you got to use it. And that's where yeah. a lot of things fail. We get clients reach out to us all the time that they've got one client the other day, 78,000 people under the email and text club. They haven't sent anything in six months. Wow. Because their comment was, we, we're scared. Like we, we don't want to send the wrong message. We don't want them all to opt out. I'm like, you know, the worst action is no action, number one. Yeah. But then the worst action sometimes also is not an action with a plan. So sit down, look at how to do it. But a lot of businesses, what I would tell, like if you literally were a restaurant open, opening up, I tell them what I would tell myself, hire for as much as you can that you're not an expert at. I'm not an expert at, you know, like our building right now, there's a company putting in keyless entry remote. There's an air conditioning company here. You know, there's going to be people here mowing the grass. There's all this stuff happening. I'm not doing it. I hired it. Could I probably figure it out? Yeah. But I, my time is better served doing this. Restaurant owner's time is better served leading a team of people to deliver an awesome experience to the consumers. Pay other people to do the rest uh, and go from there. Yeah. But from a marketing standpoint, I, I, if I could tell you like what exact point of sale, I wish I could, but there's so many of them. Yeah. I, I've loved this conversation. Looking at the timer over an hour and I still want to leave time for the folks that have joined us to join the conversation. Uh, maybe get a little dialogue going. So one more quick break to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back to kind of answer any questions if there are questions. And then obviously we got to let you guys know how to get in touch with Matt. So we'll be right back. Have you heard of Ovation? So let me tell you about how I heard about Ovation. I was on a search to find answers about SMS best practices and organically like four or five of the experts in my network were like, you got to talk to Zach Oates from Ovation. He is the SMS king. So naturally I got Zach Oates on the show to talk about SMS marketing in that time between first having him be mentioned or come onto my radar to the time we had him on the show, tons of people were recommending Ovation. Even restaurantowner.com, one of my past sponsors in a company I have a lot of respect for, did a survey and Ovation was the number one guest feedback platform. So naturally, I'm here to learn more. Uh, so we had Ovation on the show. And if you're not familiar with Ovation, Ovation is an omni-channel two-question survey that gets happy guests to leave positive reviews and unhappy guests to chat with either you or a team member to resolve the issue in real time before they leave a bad review online or never come back to your restaurant. With this new channel of communication, you can easily see trends of what is driving positive and negative experiences in your restaurant. Not only does it improve your communication in your relationship with your guests, it also helps you drive revenue. You can drive revenue with third to first party ordering conversion. You can drive revenue with rainy day text message blasts, and you can even drive revenue when getting your guests to automatically download your loyalty app. To learn more, head over to ovationup.com slash unstoppable. And when you use that link, you will be able to claim $2,000 worth of free text messages to help you get started with more feedback, reviews, and revenue. Again, that is www.ovationup.com slash unstoppable. A lot of people are talking about Restaurant 365, and that's probably because they are the only cloud-based, all-in-one restaurant management software with restaurant-specific accounting, inventory, scheduling, 
and payroll plus HR. Restaurant 365 is perfect for the multi-location restaurant business. Their customers have seen 5% decrease in food and beverage costs because they have access to more actionable data. Restaurant 365 is the king of integrations with over 90 integrations with the POS, including hundreds of vendors and thousands of banks, so you have a truly connected system. No more managing out of multiple systems. Lastly, Restaurant 365 empowers your management team with real-time P&L with access to check level detail, which means no more waiting on your accounting teams for P&Ls weeks later. And it gets even better because with Restaurant 365, you can save time and money. You save time with things like automated invoice management and accounts payable and a slew of other systems for administrative tasks. You save money with powerful labor forecasts so you can see labor trends and make adjustments. And Restaurant 365 allows you to track actual versus theoretical costs to ensure you're not losing any margins due to waste or error. Interested in franchising? Restaurant 365 has tools for that too. Head over to restaurant365.com slash unstoppable. And because you are restaurant unstoppable listeners, you will save 50% off your first month subscription. Again, that's restaurant365.com slash unstoppable. All right, we are back and uh, we're going to give the folks who have joined us today an opportunity to ask Matt some questions, get a little dialogue going. So uh, Matt, no, or sorry, uh, Mike, no particular order, but I'm I'm coming to you first. Uh, What are some of the thoughts after listening to Matt today? Hey, Matt, Eric, everybody. Um, I just want to come on. I'm a client of Matt's actually and use their services. So just want to lay it out there, what their team has done for me. Um, You know, I had about 30 messenger subscribers when I started in March, uh, well over a thousand now, 20% redemption rate. Uh, You know, you look at that and wonder how many of those people brought in a friend with them. I mean, that's a huge percentage most likely. Um, and their team just takes care of everything. So let's for say you. that's 400 people. That's 400 people in, right. since March. You know, if, if the 200 people brought a friend with them, I'm just throwing random numbers out there. Let's say, right. hypothetically, let's right. call it 300 people, but it's 300 new people to walk through your doors who have never been there before. Right. Of that 300, how many have come back? Do you know? Do you have that data? I don't have it in front of me, but their their uh, desktop or their their app shows you a lot of that. Um, so Matt, when Mike says this, what's going through your mind? Mike, what's your last name? Sweetman. Oh, my bad. I, you know, look for, the line look a little, okay. Yeah. So yeah. what goes to my mind? So, uh, you know, number one, I was talking to, it's kind of interesting. We had a conversation with a corporate office the other day of a restaurant brand that apparently the lady is not fans of ours. And we've got five restaurants within their brand that have all seen three of them have 70% of the people that have joined the program and walked in were new or lost. And she's like, well, I just, I don't see the value in that. I'm like, you don't see the value in bringing people back or new people in. And we kind of walk through it. And sometimes there's people are afraid of what they don't know. And if they don't understand this type of marketing and they're a, 40-year-old, 40-year marketing vet that sends emails through constant contact and sends the same crap every week and doesn't know what happens, they probably don't get what we do. So when I hear what Mike said there, you know, 
the fact that we know a percentage of those customers on the front end who they are, there's assumptions you got to make. You know, I think I wish we could track every visit of every customer ever. We just, that's not our business because I think if you end up tracking every visit of every customer, you end up having a discounting program long-term. But if you track the front end and make some assumptions, it is what it is. Like I, I met with a client called Lenny and this was gosh, five years ago. Lenny had like 1,100 people that had walked in in six months and used his promotion at this restaurant. And just because at that time we had one offer for him. And he's like, uh, well, Matt, how do I know those 1,100 people ever came back? Good question. I said, Lenny, does your food suck? And he looked at me literally shocked because he's not that personality. He's like, what? I'm like, does the food suck? He goes, well, you just ate. What did you think? I said, oh, the food's pretty damn good. I, I liked it. I said, I'm sitting with the owner. Does your service suck? And again, he's like, well, no, we got a 4.4 on Yelp and this on Google. I said, cool. Squashes that. I said, atmosphere. This place is pretty cool. I like it. I said, let me ask you a question, Lenny. If I come in your restaurant, if your marketing gets me to give you information and physically walk in here and hand you 40 bucks and your food's good and the service is good and the atmosphere is good, why wouldn't I come back? I said, there's only one logical answer. It's because you didn't ask. And I said, the good thing about it is you're paying us to ask them every week in some manner or form via email, text, Facebook, Instagram, somewhere. I said, so at the end of the day, it's all communication. If my wife went on that first date with me, I mean, she's either crazy or dumb enough to stay with me for 25, 26 years now. But when she went on that first date with me at Moorhead State, and by the way, she hit me with a basketball in the face at Mr. Gaddy, so I still hold that against her. But if she went on that first date with me and then I got a second, and then I got a third, and I got a fourth, it's because one of us asked. And so for me, like when he says like the, the new, the frequent, the lost, understanding who those people are, being able to have a different conversation, but then also know that it's working because, you know, I use the example with marketers. I get people ask me all the time from a market, hey, I've got this restaurant, I got this client, how do I explain to them? Why don't they like marketing? I said, I want you to imagine marketing is a house and Mike has a house. He got a realtor that found it for him. He got a mortgage company that financed. He's got an insurance company that's insuring it. But Mike's never been to the house. At some point, he gets pretty pissed at that house because he's never gotten to go see it. That's what marketing is for most businesses. They pay for it. Somebody told them it's working. Somebody told them it's there. And somebody's taking a check, but they don't see that it's working. So the fact that you can tangibly see three, 400 people walking in the restaurant, you know, hey, the marketing did its job. They walked in here. My team's got to do its job and deliver an awesome product and awesome service and an awesome environment. And then combined, we have to talk to them in a manner that's conducive to them for the next five years and get them to eat more food. Yeah. I think there's a quote I heard. And I'm going to butcher this, but marketing gives you a, gives you the opportunity. Operations gets you sales, right? Your job with marketing is just to get the opportunity. Then everything else has to be perfect there on out. Operations, culture, all those things. So you can, so they come back, right? Um, Mike, this is kind of cool. Uh, it's not every day that, uh, as a restaurant owner or operator, you get to sit across from the CEO or founder of a company that you've invested in. Uh, it's kind of the benefit of being a part of the network that you get to actually talk to these people that you're investing in their services. Uh, anything that you want to tell Matt about the, the experience, things that you wish you would see or things that you just want to reinforce as things that good experiences you've had, anything now's your opportunity well, to talk to Matt. I mean, and actually, when you're working with them, you do have a weekly call that you're able to get on with them. Um, 
I don't take advantage of that as much as I probably should. But um, just as I'm sitting here now, I'm seeing notifications pop up on my iPad of people, you know, people's information. You know, you get a notification from the Facebook business suite and a person's phone number pops up because, and that just shows you right there. This is still going on three months later. We're still getting people coming through and uh, getting into the system every day. So, and like I said, the beautiful thing about it is they're not one of those companies that you sign up for and then they say, okay, here you do everything. Their team takes care of everything for you. Yeah. Uh, Awesome. Uh, Rory, I want to give you a chance. I know Rory, you you are a savvy marketer yourself, uh, past guest on the show. Uh, member of the network. That's how you knew about today's conversation. So feel free to unmute your mic, join the conversation. And, and uh, Ramon, if there's anything you want to say, obviously the, the invitation goes to you. If you guys have nothing to say, then I think we can start to wrap things up, but uh, don't be shy. Three. Two, I was go just going to say, I love Matt's quote about um, you can't deposit likes into the bank. And that's the quote that we talked about, Eric. Yes. With our ebook on converting followers into orders. So love that yeah. quote, Matt. Yep. I, I, I can't take claim for it. Uh, Nick Ellison of Hofburg House, Newport, Pittsburgh and Columbus said it to me back in April of 2015. He's a wealthy older gentleman, not technically sound, had a flip phone. His secretary read his emails off to him and he would read a response back to her and didn't like digital marketing. Didn't like the, you know, we were spending a million dollars on their behalf, million two to be specific on their three locations on radio, TVs, you name it, everything. Cincinnati Reds, Columbus Crew, Pittsburgh Pirates. And the minute I spent 50 bucks on a Facebook ad, it's like I just like, you know, just gave them 100 bad Yelp reviews. And then one day he sat there, he said, Matt, I can't go to US Bank and deposit likes. You proved to me that somebody from this Facebook thing, somebody that watched our YouTube video, walks in here, buys a liter of beer and gives me money, I'll leave you the hell alone. And that's what spawned our company. I mean, it was April 2015. I'll never forget it because I'm sitting there thinking like, where did you come up with you? And maybe he heard it somewhere, but like, where did you come up with you can't deposit likes? Like, you know what the hell a like is? But he said it. And I said, so Nick, you're telling me if I can prove to you that that like buys a liter of beer, you'll leave me alone. He's like, I'll leave you alone. I said, cool. Two weeks is National Pretzel Day, April 26, 2015. We're going to do a half-price pretzel and beer cheese offer. Their number one P-mix item, $9.99 normally. So we're going to do a Sunday because Sunday is the beer gardens in April weren't rocking yet in any of the locations because it's a little too cold. So it didn't also rain. Yeah, so we're going to do a, a national pretzel day promo, half off. The only way they're going to know about it is we emailed one email to the entire database of each store, and we did one Facebook post with a $50 spend at each store. If it doesn't work, I will leave you alone. And 18 grand in sale. I had the app, the Aloha app they had, I had on my phone and I could look at the sales. And I, Monday morning, I knew what we had. It was like $18,300 in sales from that promotion. Just 100%. The people who brought that in attributed 18 grand in sales. Over what period of time? One day? One day. Wow. And he called me Monday morning. He goes, Hey, Maddie. Yeah. He goes, Looks like we did 18 grand yesterday on that promotion you did. I'll leave you alone. Have fun. <laughs> And at that point, I said, okay, now he's, all I do know is that people came in from a Facebook and email. I don't know who, and I don't know how to get them back. And so then that's where we started the process. I went to the NRA show in Chicago, 
the restaurant show, not the rifle. I have people always ask that question, not in the restaurant business. Like, why are you at a gun show? But went to the National Restaurant Show in Chicago, and I said, hey, there's booths everywhere. There's people smarter than me here. I want to find a product that will help me understand the path of people into our database and all that. And it wasn't there. And that's why I literally, in 2015, all of 16 developed what we have now. And then here we are. You know, then it was me and Ashley on my team. She's been celebrating her 10th year with me two weeks ago. Now there's between full and part-time 39 people. And all they do is restaurant marketing. Right now, back office two behind me is three, uh, three of our content team talking content. I saw them all pull in the parking lot and walk in. And they're all talking content for restaurants. What's going to get people's attention besides, here's a cheeseburger. You know, what, what's going to get them to take an action? Because at the end of the day, Gary Vaynerchuk, if you guys want to follow anybody, follow Gary V. Warning. You might need a beep button. If you don't like the F-bomb, he says it a lot. But the one thing he says that's really stuck with me my entire marketing career has been we're attention day traders. Is that at the end of the day, if you know Mike's restaurant, Extra Innings, if Extra Innings, if Matt Plapp lives in the area and I see Extra Innings 10 times in the next 12 months, okay. If I see Extra Innings 100 times, it's math. I'm going to come to the restaurant more often. Out of sight, out of mind. Right. Yeah. And so uh, at the end of the day, the goal is how do I consistently get the attention of people more consistently? And it comes down to you've got to get them to engage. And like I, one of my taglines I've been using recently that we have in the new book, as I say, replace hope and pray with aim and expect. Almost all businesses hope that Matt Plapp had a great experience and pray that Matt Plapp comes back. Screw hope and pray. You know Matt Plapp had a great experience because your restaurant's awesome, your food's awesome, your service is awesome. You need to be able to look at your database and say, okay, I want more men to come in this week. I want more frequent customers this week. I want more lost customers. Aim at them with a marketing campaign and expect a return. If you can't, why the heck are you doing it? Awesome stuff. I've loved this conversation. Tons of value. You've definitely uh, sold me on this school of thought. Uh, if we are interested in the services you offer, if we want to continue the conversation, if we want to follow you on your journey in your sprinter van across the country, what's the best way to connect? So mattplap.com is my website. Uh, we're actually going to do a rebrand. A lot of our websites are getting redone this week. Or I guess next week at this point, it's Thursday. But uh, mattplap.com, you can find anything about us. Uh, AmericasBestRestaurants.com is a new site. It's not out. The public doesn't know about it yet. And so don't judge it by the empty listings. But America's Best Restaurants is going to be huge. That is our consumer-facing media company. Uh, Restaurant Marketing That Works is the marketing brand within our business. But if you go to mattplap.com, you'll find all these. Matt at mattplap.com is my email. Uh, My cell phone is 859-743-2408. Anybody can reach out to me. Give me a call. I'll, I don't do much of what we do anymore in the team. You know, like Mike, all of the results Mike is getting is from Tom's team that builds all the automation, Ashley's team that runs all the ads, and Tanya's team that runs all the content. You know, and then Doug and Mark and Scott oversee account management. I just kind of hang out over here and talk to Kramer. Yeah, <laughs> and Eric. Uh, podcasts, right? Uh, so this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much. We wrap up every chat by calling somebody out to be a future guest in the show. That's really how I try to dictate who I make an example of. So who do you respect and admire and somebody who's just crushing it and you, if there were a guest on the show tomorrow, you'd be tuning in. Who is it? I can't say two, just one. You can say as many as you want. 
Okay, I've got two people that they popped in mind. I talk to a lot of people that are awesome, by the way. So if I don't say you, know, it's not because you're not awesome. It's just these two popped in mind because I've talked to them the last 24 hours. Uh, number one is a guy named David Scott Peters. Uh, he's out in Arizona. Uh, he is, I don't know if he's been on here before or not, he but he's is a guru. a regular. <laughs> okay. So there you go. I agree. I agree. Yes. David Scott Peters is awesome. I love DSP. Uh, I, always, I jokingly said I need me some more DSP in my life. Just it's, it's tangible, actionable, no BS advice. Uh, the other one is David DeLorenzen. He goes by DeLo. He is in Arizona also, ironically. Maybe there's something in the water out there. But he owns a couple of companies. One of his companies is called Bar and Restaurant Insurance. But he also, I like DeLo from a different side of that. He, he has that experience. He's owned restaurants. Uh, he's worked in restaurants. He's got a bar and restaurant insurance company. But he also has a lifestyle brand that talks about that phys- physical fitness mindset self-help side of it, nutrition. Uh, and it, it's just good. I think a lot of us entrepreneurs, you know, like myself, you, Mike, Ramon, I'm sure all of us are in the business and the grind and we ignore ourselves too much. And if you don't take care of your mind, if you don't take care of yourself, especially me, I've got a team that relies on me. If I'm not at my best every day, it's going to trickle down. And DLO is awesome from just a standpoint of, mind, body, nutrition, and then he happens to be in the restaurant bar business, which I think is what, actually, I don't think I know. That's what got him into this world because he was going down the wrong path in the bar part of the restaurants and a little little too crazy on stuff, nutrition and all the other things, and got to a point where he realized in order for him to be the best entrepreneur possible and the best husband uh, and, the, and the best boss, he had to get his stuff together and He'd be an awesome guest. Yep. So that was David Scott Peters. I'm sure he'll be back on the show at some point and hit me with was D-Lo. You're D-Lo. What's his what's his full name? David D. Lorenzen. David D. Lorenzen. Look out, guys. I'm coming after you. I'd love to get you on the show. And uh, I think that's that. I all that's left to be said now is Matt, there is no questioning, my man. You are unstoppable. Thank you so much for taking the taking the time to join us today to share your knowledge. And um, I'm looking forward to growing this relationship. I appreciate it. I appreciate the, I think it might've been Mike that recommended me. I appreciate that. I appreciate your trust and your loyalty and uh, love it, Eric. Love what you're doing. I follow you all the time. I watch you on IG all the time. So keep it up and uh, thank you. keep helping others be unstoppable. For sure. Cheers. There we go. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Special thanks to today's guest, Matt Plapp. Tons of great advice coming out of today's show uh really looking at your guests as an opportunity not just for one transaction but many transactions going into the future Uh, and it all starts with opening up those channels of communication i.e email and text messaging if you can get their information uh this contact information you can open up a dialogue and a lot of people think to themselves i'm not willing to give away things for free you're not giving away anything for free you're trading value you're bartering a f- something that you do that's a value that's delicious and tasty you can give something like that away in exchange for contact information that's going to open up opportunities for you as long as you're in business and you have this information so that's how you got to see it it's it's a trade of value and uh, i think matt did a really great job explaining that today and talking about the importance of developing these databases and matt i've heard nothing but great things 
about the services he provides. Today, we just kind of scratched the surface of one thing that he does for his clients. But if you're interested in working with Matt uh, and you want to see what that suite of solutions he offers looks like, then make sure you come hang out with us live in the network on July 26th. We're still locking down the time, but July 26th, which is a Monday, Matt's going to be joining us live in the network to demo what he does and to answer any questions you might have. And here's the thing, guys, a uh, full transparency. Matt is going to give us $500 for every new customer we send his way. And I feel very confident in sending people his way. Uh, I know you're going to find a value, but here's the thing. You have to let me know. Email me at eric at restaurantstoppable.com and let him know that you heard about his services and what he does through the podcast and he will support the show, but you got to communicate. You got to let us know. You got to let him know. And thank you so much in advance for supporting this podcast. And if you want to join us live in restaurant unstoppable network, head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash 811. I'll have a link for a 30 day trial. If you have more questions, you want to learn more about what Matt does, make sure you join us on the 26th. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much until next time. Peace out.